Hey guys and welcome back to yet another episode of Truthfully Ruth with your host here Ruth Olubai. Guys, thank you so much for all the love and support that you continue to show me. Thank you for listening to the episodes religiously and if you're new here, I hope that you find home at Truthfully Ruth and I hope that all the episodes that you've missed you'll listen and go back to. And for today's episode, I have somebody with me here in the studio who's my good friend. In fact, actually, she's a sister to me, somebody who I look up to in the manner that she conducts herself and how she carries herself, as well as how she chooses to run her life. She's somebody who's very serious and somebody who I think is going really fine life. Ella, welcome to the studio. Hey, Ruth. Uh, happy to be here, finally. It's only taken four or five seasons, but... <laughs> We're here now. We're here now. We made it. <laughs> We're here now. So today, guys, I've brought Ella here to speak to us about sports. For many people in an African household, we're raised thinking that sports cannot be a career. Sports is for fun, you know, football, like that's a joke and everything of the sort. So Ella, let's start by asking you, and I'm saying us because on behalf of the guys also listening, where did your journey with sports begin? Um, I think it began in high s- primary school and high school. Okay. Just my love for playing sports. So, mm. you know, we were on the same teams. We yeah. played, I played football, mm-hmm. netball, basketball rounder swimming track Mm -hmm. so i think from just playing those different sports Mm -hmm. um and also watching sports my dad is a big sports fan so he supports arsenal and barcelona yeah so i would sit and watch games with him Mm -hmm. he loves formula one so i'd watch um races with him although i'd fall asleep (laughs) but just from watching and also playing the sports Mm -hmm. i just fell in love with sports generally oh that's that's nice i really like that and in that you've also encapsulated that your dad like like sports and that also contributed and what about your mom does she like any sports oh yeah actually my mom is a huge tennis fan <laughs> so while my dad is getting us into formula one yeah and football yeah my mom loves yeah. tennis my aunties love tennis my whole family love tennis yeah so i think um whenever there was a tennis match or tennis games on my mom would be like yeah let's sit and watch and that's how i also fell in love with tennis and i actually took it seriously for quite a number of years but then i decided I couldn't see myself actually playing it professionally, yeah. so I stopped. Okay, I like that. Shout out to your parents. Ella's <laughs> parents are some of the coolest guys I know, and I really love them with my whole life. They're my parents, too. <laughs> so, like, when you've played all these sports, and you've, you're right, we played on different teams together, and you've also talked about playing tennis, and we also did athletics. Was your preference individual sports or team sports, and why? I think there were team sports. So, like, one of the reasons why I stopped playing tennis was mm-hmm. because, first of all, we were in Brookhouse, yeah. we were weekly boarding. For me to play tennis, I had to leave school after school to go train. Yeah. It was called Sedili. Mm. And I found it. Sedili Oval. Yeah. I also trained there. <laughs> I found it so lonely, so boring. And I mm. felt like I was missing out from all the team sports I used to play. Yeah. Because I had to stop playing football for a while. Yeah. Rounders and stuff. And I saw all my friends going for matches. Yeah. And I was left alone playing my tennis. And I was like, eh, maybe not. So I think I would say team sports. I okay. preferred it much more than individual ones okay and now that you like team sports especially like let's talk about basketball a bit guys if you didn't know we're gonna tell your story now our coach shout out mr puda shout out mr puda and, and mr Dera. of course you can't forget mr Dera. and also we had the tour guy mr michael was he called mr michael the german teacher <laughs> anyway shout out our coaches and mr puda had like we used to do training in the morning and training in the evening training in the morning training in the evening blah 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 like that do you think that there are any values you learned from that kind of training? And I'm using just that specific example. You can tell me about any training from any team sport that have applied in your day-to-day life. 
I think it was discipline. You know mm-hmm. this thing um they say discipline over motivation. Mm-hmm. Something with Mr. Pudo training was not a choice. Yeah. You had to be there. You had to be awake at I think it was 4:50 would wake up for training at 5. Yeah. Every single day if mm-hmm. you wanted results. And we saw that. Mm-hmm. I think under 17 we won, under 19 we came really close to winning. Yeah. And that's kind of carried um into my life right now where mm-hmm. Some days I wake up and I don't feel like going to the gym, but yeah. I tell myself it's not about how I feel. I get that you. I have to. I get you. I have to wake up. And if I want to see those results, I just need to go and do what I need to do, which is go to the gym or read a book yeah. or reach out to that person. I'm really interested in their career, whatever it might be. Yeah. So I think discipline over motivation, over feelings is one thing I've carried on from Mr. Fudo's training. Yeah. I like that because discipline is freedom. That's another saying. Mm. And it's freedom and that's because of what you're saying. It means that you're free from your emotions. You're free from motivation. You're free from anything that will deter you from moving towards your goal. Yeah. So you're always striving to be heading in a direction towards your goal. Exactly. So segue us into career, since you mentioned career. What do you do for work? Where d- okay, you don't have to tell us where you work because of legal reasons, but what do you do for work and what does that look like for you? Now I can tell you where I work. Okay, shout out to Ella um, for telling us that you work. They'll be happy. They'll be like, oh my God, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> so I work for this company called Oakview Group. Mm-hmm. Um, they do so many things. Yeah. But the main thing they do and why the business was set up yes. is to basically develop football, not football, sports arenas and music venues around the world. Okay. So our CEO, Tim Laiwiki, he yeah. is part of the group who built the O2 in London, if okay. you guys know what that is. Yeah. Um, if they don't, they need to educate yeah. themselves. <laughs> yes, Google. Yeah. Um, so basically, he came and he set up Oakview Group. Mm-hmm. And the first things they did was develop quite a few um, venues in the, U- in the States. Yeah. So like one is UBS Arena in New York. Yeah. Moody Center in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one coming up in LA, mm-hmm. not LA, Las Vegas. It's mm-hmm. gonna be a casino, um, I think a hotel and also a basketball arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one closer to home for me because it's in Manchester is yeah. Corp Life. So that's gonna be a music mm-hmm. and entertainment and a sports venue, okay. one of sporting events. Okay. Um, so that's the main part of the business. But okay. I'm, I'm, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I do is I yeah. work work more in the sponsorship, marketing, strategy team. Mm-hmm. So my boss actually moved over to the company earlier this year mm-hmm. to set up the brand uh, consulting team. And what okay. we do is basically bra- any brands come to us, sports properties, and a property is like a rights holder. It's yeah. any person or anything or any club that have rights to something. Yeah. So like Manchester United is a rights holder. Yes. They have rights to the club. Yes. Um, so rights holders and brands come to us to basically get advice, to get um, consulting on whether it's sponsorship, strategy advice, partnership management. I don't even know if people know what these things are. <laughs> but I'll give I'll give examples. Yeah. Uh, partnership uh, partnership management, mm-hmm. negotiations, mm-hmm. Um, packaging, yeah. rights. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you take, um, I don't know, give me a brand, any brand. Coke. Okay, take Coca-Cola, for example. So yeah. they can come to us and they're like, okay, we have $5 million. Mm-hmm. We want to get into sports sponsorship, yeah. for example. Yeah. Can you guys help us come up with a strategy? Mm-hmm. So that's what me and my boss, Alex, do. Okay. We basically, first we look at the data. Everything we do is mostly data-driven. Mm-hmm. So we talk to Coke and we see, okay, what target audience are you guys trying to reach? Yeah. Um, is it men or women, both? Mm-hmm. Older guys, younger guys? Mm-hmm. Um, so we use that information mm-hmm. and we go onto our data websites and yes. we basically see what their target audience likes to watch 
likes to do, mm-hmm. likes to listen to, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. and then we match our findings and yes. we can say, okay, so you want to target girls mm-hmm. who like football yeah. and um, the more younger generation. So we okay. could say, go and sponsor our uh, WSL team, our Women's yes. Super League team. Yeah. Or go sponsor the England Women's Football National team. Yeah. Um, so that's the strategy side. And okay. the strategy has to be coherent with the objectives, the goals, the values, whatever it might be. Yeah. And then at this point, that's where we loop in the sales guys who I work closely with. And okay. they, um, they basically now go and reach out to that property. So Man City women's team, for example. Yeah. I support Man City, so we'll say. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, the and worst they team in the world. <laughs> so basically what they do is they go and now negotiate pricing, okay. what rights the brands will get, whether okay. it's LED, it will be player appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go and do the whole negotiation process. Mm-hmm. And then once the partnership has been announced and has been negotiated, it comes back to m- me and Alex's team and we can now manage that partnership for however long it might be. Okay. Um, so that's just one small example mm-hmm. of what we do, of okay. what I do. Yeah. I like that. That's a very in-depth example. Also, yeah. No, I love it. And for those who are interested in sports, then it gives them some sort of idea of what kind of work they can be doing. Yeah, exactly. But I realized I jumped the gun. You started sports management in uni, if I'm correct. Yeah. Tell us about what that was like. So unlike my job, which is quite... N- quite niche i'd say sports yeah. management was very wide mm-hmm. so i did things like sports economics yeah um finance but applied to sports mm-hmm. um sports psychology mm-hmm. marketing sponsorship so it was nice so i got to see sports in general i yeah. even went on to some of the sports science stuff so yeah. like um biomedicine and all that stuff but okay. i realized that's not what i want to do i don't want to be a physiotherapist yeah i don't want to <laughs> massage your muscles no yeah. <laughs> none of that no physical touch for you <laughs> none of that yeah um so but at least i got to see what it's about and what it entails and mm, stuff mm. but it was very wide and helped me also understand what i enjoyed studying yeah um which was sponsorship marketing athlete representation mm-hmm. psychology and what i really didn't like which is more like sports development, mm-hmm. um, the sports science stuff. I didn't mm-hmm. really enjoy that as much. Um, but all in all, it was it was a great course. Like I would go into some lectures and we're watching Mourinho interviews, for example, wow. or we're watching a football tape and we're trying to like analyze it or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. It mm-hmm. was just really interesting, especially for me who enjoyed sports. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. So do you think that it was worth it that y- your passion for sports and allow me for making this um, link drove you to choose that degree do you think it was worth it that you studied sports management because you liked sports yeah and i think that's because initially i wanted to do law okay and that my goal was to study law in under no yeah study law in undergrad and Mm -hmm. then kind of move into sports law yeah but i realized law wasn't my passion okay so i knew if i really enjoyed sports and like i can sit and watch football from 9 a.m to 9 p.m yeah easy yeah um i knew that i might as well study it in uni yeah and actually enjoy what i'm studying in uni so yeah 100 percent, i would study it again and i'm very happy that i did okay what would you say is the importance of enjoying what you study in uni how did that impact your experience in uni i think it made like going to lectures easy mm-hmm. it made doing the coursework easy mm-hmm. like if i'm doing coursework one of my courseworks was about man city i yeah. support man city it yeah. was so easy for me to go and research on their governance yeah. or the structure of how they operate mm. um from the owner to like pep to all the players it yeah. was easy for me so i think it's important that you like what you study yeah because if you don't you hate it and you're doing yeah. it every day and uni it's is true. it's not like high school where you have someone who's 
saying do this do that yeah Uni, it's you by yourself it's true so i think it helped me just be motivated to do the work mm-hmm. put in the extra work yeah and actually enjoy what i'm doing and actually learn yeah no i like that and i think guys that's something so important like if you're studying something and you don't like it be free and willing to change because as Ella is saying, there's no one who's going to push you. There's no one who's going to be like, oh, you need to do this now at this time. And if you don't have that discipline and you lack the motivation as well, then you're dead. <laughs> you're yeah. going to fail the course. Yeah. So guys, take it from Ella that it's important for you to like what you're doing so that it can propel you to actually do well in what you're doing. And Ella did really well. She's somebody who's very modest and I won't oh bring her accolades here for you guys. But <laughs> she's somebody who did really well. So do you think like studying sports management played any role in your work? Like how you do your day-to-day work? Does it play any role? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I think some of the knowledge I used, I learned in university, mm-hmm. I'm able to apply to work. Okay. So some of like the marketing concepts, sponsorship concepts, um, some of the economics, because actually what I do, I did a, a lot with numbers. Mm-hmm. So some of that stuff I'm able to apply from mm-hmm. uni to work, mm-hmm. but also like more soft skills. So like working in a team in university, we did a lot of group work, yeah. playing sports as well. Yeah, It's all about working with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, something about the sports industry, it's changing all the time. Mm-hmm. So like what I learned in university, it was probably different and doesn't really apply to today mm. because we have things like the metaverse and nft and all these things <laughs> different stuff so i don't really know what those things are <laughs> so different yeah that um it's helped me be adaptable so tra- having to be adaptable in uni mm. that translates over into my work right now yeah and like every day at work first thing i do when i go into the office is i read the news because i know something new has come out or something yeah. new has changed and that's carried on from university mm-hmm. when every day we're analyzing a new football game mm-hmm. or we're looking at something that's just come out and yeah. stuff like that so mm-hmm. i think those are the things i would say that i've carried on for me okay that's really nice i like that and i think even for studying the news even us our professors mm-hmm. really push for that like Every day, just take a look. She, there was one professor, shout out Professor Jody. She would tell us, like, whether it's on your phone, whether it's on CNN, whether it's BBC, whatever you, wherever you get your news from, look at it every day. Just so you're in touch. Because the way you're saying, things are changing so fast. If you're not in touch, you might be applying something, but it's not relevant by the time you're applying exactly. it. So I totally understand that. Liking sports is not for everyone. And I know the people who even like, listen to this and be like, yeah, sports, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But for the people who do like sports, do you have any recommendations of where they could meet like-minded individuals? Like, for example, seminars. Is there anything you attended that helped you meet like-minded individuals who liked sports? Yeah, there was, actually. And that's actually... When I went back after my placement here, mm-hmm. um, I went back into my third year of uni and said, okay, now is the time that I really want to network. And I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys have heard this saying, <laughs> your network is your net worth. Yeah. Really, especially in the sports industry, mm-hmm. it's literally about who you know. Okay, Like, looking at... M- my bosses and people who I work with, mm-hmm. there's not anyone in any company sports yeah. related that yeah. I don't think they know. Wow. So what I would say is, yeah, network. So if you want to meet like-minded individuals, there are a couple of things I did. Um, most of them were are UK based, okay. but I'm sure there must be some Kenyan equivalent somewhere. Yeah. Um, but there was one thing I did. It was called the youth group okay. in the UK. Okay. They basically match you to someone in the industry you want to work in. And this one is not sports only. Okay. Like, I remember I told Halima, who yeah. does something completely. Shout out Hali. She was even <laughs> here, man. <Yeah. laughs> so I think she was like season one, episode one. Yeah, she was. Um, <laughs> she does marketing. So sh- she also found her own mentor. But mm-hmm. anyway, the youth group 
Um, and I basically said I want someone in the sports industry who focuses on commercial and marketing space. Mm-hmm. And that's how I met one of my mentors. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, um, even in Loughborough, there's so Loughborough is such a sports uni yeah. that you can meet like-minded sports people in different um, societies, mm. in whether it's volunteering to help out for uh, netball games or basketball mm-hmm. games or rugby games. Yeah. Um, then there are also, especially in COVID, there are so many sports seminars yeah. where you just go on and you meet people who are either in the industry or want to be in the industry. And um, you just share your stories. Like mm-hmm. I would share that I'm in university and I'm aspiring to do A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. And then I'd meet guys who are doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. and just being able to learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on LinkedIn, there's so many groups. Yeah. Like for me, since I'm I'm a woman and I like sports, there are a couple that I joined. Yeah. So there was the Women's Sports Collective. Mm-hmm. And this, as much as it's UK-based, even yeah. if you're in Kenya, you can still join it. Yeah. You can join the webinars. Yeah. Um, so there's the women's, women's sports network mm-hmm. and there's another footballing network one that I joined. Yeah. And every month um, would have meetings where you just meet new people and they basically say what they do. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I would say LinkedIn, I would say is the number one place to start. Okay. Um, then the different webinars that you can literally just search, sports marketing webinar and yeah. you see someone who's in the industry that likes talking to people. Yeah. And then mentorship schemes. That's what I really got into okay. when I went back. Now, those, those are top tier. Those are top tier tips. And one thing that they're all giving me is a sense of community. It sounds like yeah. there's a sense of community within the sporting world, depending at what point you enter. As you said, women in sports or yeah. maybe sports marketing. And w- how do you think that that community in sports empowers sports in general? So I think I'll talk about the women in sports one, the okay. women's sport collective, because that one is... For women, by women, championing women's sports. Yeah. So I think, first of all, it's like a network of, I think there are like 7,000 people in that group. And Mm -hmm. obviously, I don't even know all those people. Mm -hmm. But many of them are women who work in women's football, mostly women's football, but women's sport. Mm -hmm. And um, just knowing that there's a community behind them, like if they work for the FA, uh, promoting women's football, just knowing there's a community behind them who like to engage in women's football, who like to watch it, or who like to... I don't know, follow it, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, having that community helps. Okay. And just knowing that there are girls out here who like playing football. If yeah. you work for the FA, you'll know these girl inif- initiatives you're doing are working because mm-hmm. they're influencing and they're inspiring other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest ones that I've noticed, especially for women's football, yeah. which is growing and growing and growing really quickly. Mm-hmm. Now let's take our shift from like global and UK and stuff and come to Africa. I know that you're one of the founders of the Young African Leaders in Sports. Yeah. Talk to us about that. What is that? What is it all about? What do they do? So that's a forum. It was started by... So I was introduced to it by a guy called Jabu. Jabu, I met just from a networking event, yeah. and we actually went on to write uh, an article together on mm-hmm. the landscape of um, women's football in Africa. Mm-hmm. So he introduced me into the group, and he was just like, we're a group of us that were all African, the founders, yeah. um, uh, uh, led by a guy called Brian. He's mm-hmm. an industry professional okay. based in Kenya. Yeah, And so he brought us along and basically said he wants to create this forum where we can advocate and promote for... Uh, leadership and governance for Africans, mm-hmm. whether it's in Africa or it's in Europe, in the States, wherever it might be. Mm-hmm. So um, it's still really new and we're trying to figure out 
what we're trying to achieve with the group. But one mm-hmm. of the big things that we did last year, mm-hmm. Brian put on an event um, uh, and called the African Football Summit in yeah. here in Nairobi, in Kenya. Okay. So what we were trying to do was raise funds for at least 20 of us to go for the event. Okay. To meet industry professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the members actually talked in the conference. Wow. I wasn't able to go because I was in the UK. Yeah. Um, I just started work. Yeah. Um, but what we're trying to do is basically just create those opportunities to get people in Africa mm-hmm. involved in the industry, whether that's from our participation mm-hmm. or more of like a leadership governance position mm-hmm. or if you want to do marketing, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, that's that's the goal and that's the aim, just to grow that awareness, grow that engagement. Yeah. Um, on the continent. Got you. I like that. And I think it's very like Afrocentric things always like I think they take us to the next level when we actually engage with them. Yeah. And already sports is such a niche thing and many Africans, I know African parents especially look down on it as a career thing or something that you could take seriously. So I think such forums are so important to help like different people in our continent just know that this is something they can pursue, this is something serious and on that note, what do you think the future of sports in Africa looks like? I think it's good. I think it's bright. Um, I think it'll take time. Okay. But um, I think the biggest problem that we have in Africa is governance Mm. and leadership because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of corruption. There's a lot of uh, people (laughs) just thinking about themselves. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of what can I get out of it, not not what can we, what can the future generation get out of it. Mm. So once we put all that aside and once we figure out top down how sports is going to be run in Africa... Mm. I think it looks bright, um, whether it's football, mm-hmm. whether it's basketball. You know, we have NBA um, Africa that's it's growing mm-hmm. so quickly. Yeah. Whether we have, it's CAF mm-hmm. um, and there's a new uh, Super League coming out for mm-hmm. Africa. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot on, there's a lot that um, is going to happen in the next few years. Mm-hmm. But I think just sorting out governance and leadership mm-hmm. and also this idea that, um, our w- what's, that, what's that saying? One fits all approach. One it, size fits all. Yeah. Yeah. Th- it doesn't work for okay. Africa is a continent, but what many people don't realize is what works in Kenya won't work in Senegal. Yeah. And what works in Senegal won't work in South Africa. It's true. But just trying to figure out how to then, I don't know, focus on each country separately or mm. West Africa, East Africa, South yeah. Africa, whatever. Yeah. Um, Regionally. Exactly. Mm. Is another challenge. But once there are very many challenges that are being faced by the African sports industry. But once those um, challenges are like solved yeah. somewhat, um, I think the future looks bright, especially with the rise of more sponsorship mm-hmm. and marketing. So that's more money coming into these rights holders yeah. who are then able to use that money to develop the sport, mm-hmm. develop grassroots programs, yeah. uh, pay their athletes yeah. um, even more, pay their coaches, yeah. build better infrastructure. I, mm. think, I think we'll be up there. Okay, very, then very soon. So well, there's hope for us. There's hope, there's hope. No, I love that. There's hope for us as a continent, and I also believe that in more than one way, sports, business, so many things. Mm, I music think as music well. Music, across the board, there's so much like that's going to happen. And I think I'm grateful that it's going to happen in our time. Yeah. For our parents, it's past now. But for us, in our time, in our time, and then in our kids' time, it will be on a whole other level. Exactly. So I think you're right. Like in the next few years, as things get sorted out, the things you mentioned, I think it will be impactful for mm-hmm. us. With this whole journey with sports, at any point, is there anyone who ever discouraged you from studying sports? Or rather, did you ever face discouragement or opposition about studying sports? Uh, actually, no, not okay. really. 
I mean, my parents were always supportive, number mm-hmm. one, and my whole family. You know, my family is very close. Yeah. So if someone has something to say, they will say it. Yeah. Um, but no, everyone was so supportive. Even mm-hmm. like teachers in school, there was no one who really said, "Now nah, you can't study it." Yeah. They weren't like overly encouraging. Yeah. But they didn't just put you down. Yeah, they didn't put me down at all. Yeah. And once I saw Loughborough mm-hmm. Uni, which is one of the best unis, if not the best for mm-hmm. sports, I knew okay, mm-hmm. there's a career here. Yeah. And once I did my placement here at Wasserman which is a sports agency, I knew that there's so much more to sports than being a manager or yeah. being an agent. Yeah. Um, and that's when I said, okay, this is a viable career. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, cool. I can do this. That's true. And you're actually right there. You know, I think for a lot of people, they think if you're working in sports, you're a manager, you're an agent. Yeah. Or you're part of a club. Either you're a player, yeah. you're a coach. Like, they don't see that there's so many other jobs that need to be filled the way you're saying about marketing and other things that go into the business of sports. Literally. And yeah. that's what I saw when I went. So Wasserman is... Mm-hmm. It's a bit different to Oakview Group, where mm-hmm. I'm working right now. But Wasserman, two things. They have, like, a talent department, and that's okay. where they manage, like, the likes of Van Dyke, Laporte, yeah. all these big guys. Yeah. Um, many of them are managed, especially Liverpool players. Many yeah. of them are managed by Wasserman. So okay. there's that side of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the brands and properties. And I s- that's where I really learned that, first of all, you can be working at an agency like Wasserman and not be involved in sports. Yeah. And not have studied sports. Yeah. But I knew there you could do this marketing there's hospitality, mm. there's activations, mm. Um, mm. there's media, yeah. there's consulting. There yeah. was so much in there that I never knew was even possible. Yeah. Um, and that's what really opened my eyes. And then on the f- talent side, mm-hmm. you can be an agent. Yeah. You can be a social media person yeah. for the different players yeah. working with the agents. Mm-hmm. You can be the one who's going out and sourcing commercial opportunities for players, mm-hmm. um, helping them sign endorsement deals. Yeah. Those are all separate jobs. So mm-hmm. I learned that there was so much more than just being a coach mm-hmm. or being solely an agent who represents players. Yeah. I like that. And for you, is it worth it working in sports? It is because I enjoy it. Like mm-hmm. I wake up every day looking forward mm-hmm. going to work. Yeah. Even though it's like a nine to six or whatever it might be. I'm just yeah. there knowing that what I'm going to do today is in some way, sometimes it's music related because mm-hmm. we're heavily a music business, mm-hmm. but I just know I'm going to, read about work on a sport mm-hmm. whether it's football formula one basketball mm-hmm. track i just know it's a sport and I, that makes me happy and i'm just happy to work in sports no mm-hmm. matter what i'm doing i love that what advice would you give somebody like now in year 12 year 13 or from four somebody who's now making that decision mm, am i gonna study sports or not what's your best advice to that kid i think the first one is just have if you have a passion for sports mm-hmm. just study it because mm-hmm. as long as you like what you're studying like you'll be fine yeah and you'll actually enjoy it yeah and even though maybe maybe your school doesn't offer sports or your university doesn't offer sports or mm-hmm. your parents don't want you to study sports mm-hmm. but in the future you want to work in sports that's so possible yeah or many people i've worked with didn't study sports yeah. i'm one of the first people who have studied sports and anyway, okay. sports. <laughs> yeah many of th- and and they're doing well they're yeah. managers they're directors i don't yeah. even think my boss studied sports mm. i highly doubt it yeah um so just know that even if you can't study it right now in high school or in university yeah it doesn't mean you can't not work in it no, I get you. um so i think that's the number one thing i'd say and then mm-hmm. the second one is just be proactive yeah if you have questions about the sports industry or like a course, maybe mm-hmm. it's Loughborough, you're wondering about the sports management course, literally go on LinkedIn and look at people who have studied there. Mm. Or look at someone who's worked um, in the, a company you want to work in or do internship in. Yeah. And just ask them, uh, um, hi, my name is Ella, I'm in year 12 mm-hmm. and I really want to study sports. Can you help me answer these three questions? Yeah. 
that's what I used to do. And more times, many people would actually help me. There's so many people I've met mm-hmm. just from me sending them messages on LinkedIn. Yeah. And if you know me, I don't really like talking to new people. <laughs> so yeah. as much as I didn't really enjoy doing it, yeah. I knew I had to. And in the end, it's really helped me. So I'd say, yeah, those two things. Mm-hmm. If it's your passion, study it. Three things. If it's your passion, study it. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't study it right now, it doesn't mean you can't work in sports. And just p- be proactive and just reach out to people who are doing what you want to do or are studying what you want to study and just literally just ask them any question and they'll probably be happy to help. I like that. And you know what? There are two things that I'm taking from your three takeaways. One is you must reach out. Nobody knows you need help unless you ask for help. And one thing I've learned also, the confidence of you simply asking, it's already attractive to the person you're asking. So they'll help you. And they're thinking that this young person is already thinking ahead or wants this 15-minute coffee chat. We all know you're trained to ask for 15 minutes, but ideally it's going to end up being one hour if you're asking the right kind of questions and you're having the right conversation. So I really, really like that because even as business students, we're also prompted to do the same thing. Ask for help. Get on LinkedIn. Get whatever you want. Go look at the even the alumni yeah. network and yeah. see like who can I reach out to. Yeah. And the second thing, there's a book Ella bought for me for my birthday called Happy Sexy Millionaire. And he also, Stephen Butler, talks about proactive. He says optimism, proactive, being proactive and focus are key in terms of crisis. And I think not only in terms of crisis, I'm going to extend it to say that they are key any time in your life. Mm. Because I think what you're saying, when you're proactive, you're not waiting to react. You're responding. And then also when you're optimistic, you're looking at it saying, okay, the best thing that will happen from this thing is I talk to this person and I get the 15 minutes. The worst thing is they said no, but I put myself out there. And with the optimism, you will believe that they'll say yes, so you'll put yourself out there more. And then the focus is just simply saying what you're saying. Like, if you're passionate, go do it. Do it to the best of your ability. And if you pick another path, you'll still end up there if that's what you want to do and you focus on that as your final goal. Literally, like one of my internships that Mm -hmm. I did this summer actually yeah. mm-hmm. it was for me being proactive and just reaching out there was this lady called lindy mm-hmm. who um she manages um um footballers from underrepresented backgrounds yeah so she focuses on women and she focuses on scandinavian countries so like norway sweden and yeah. like africa yeah and i literally sent her a message um she didn't reply initially mm-hmm. then i went through one of the people who work for and mm-hmm. he replied and that's how i got an internship yeah and now me and lindy we can go out for coffees mm-hmm. we can help each other we can talk about work and stuff like that mm-hmm. so yeah being proactive and another thing that i read in the book the yeah. happy sexy millionaire he talks about career capital and that's yeah. one thing that stuck with me mm-hmm. and he basically said that us guys right now like for me mm-hmm. i have no reputation in the sports industry yeah. i haven't really proven myself i haven't really done anything yes i can't say I've closed a, a deal. I can't mm. say I've done this or that. But yep. what I need to do right now is build my capital in other ways. So that's yeah. networking, yep. um, managing and maintaining and creating relationships with other professional industries, mm-hmm. uh, uh, professionals in the industry, mm-hmm. and also just whatever I do, whether it's volunteering work or just just put my best foot forward and yep. do the best I can. Yeah. So I think to what you're saying, I'd add on those two things. Mm-hmm. You don't do so. I like that, and I think like I think confidence always pays off, mm-hmm. whether you're introverted or not. Like you're saying, you don't like to talk to new people. Anyone who knows Ella knows that that's true. <laughs> that's a big fact. But you still do it, yeah, because of the value it gives you. Yeah. And I think going back to what you're saying, discipline over motivation. What we started with, because the discipline of knowing that today I'm going to LinkedIn DM five people or I'm going to message five people yeah. pushes you outside of your feelings of oh, I don't like it, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. You move to a space where yeah, I'm going to do this. So I think that it's so nice and encouraging what you're saying. Just being able to say, no, actually, like, I'm going to do this and I prefer this. And 
even though I prefer this, I'm still going to make sure that I follow through. Follow th- exactly. That's what I used to do. Uh, this is more before I got a job. So mm-hmm. like in May, I used to say every week I'll reach out to five people. Yeah. Some of them I'll take more seriously where I'll try and set up a call. Yeah. But for others, it was just an introduction, just mm-hmm. for me to know them mm-hmm. and for them to know me. Yep. So every week I was like, yep, five people. I had a, I have different templates of how I reach out to different people. Yeah. And that's what I would do without mm-hmm. fail every week, every week, every week until sometimes I got no reply, which yeah. is fine. Yeah. Other times I got replies. I set up calls. Mm. And many times they were very surprised. They're yeah. like, I've never gotten someone who wants to speak to me. This yeah. is great. Like I'll be able to help and answer you however best I can. Yeah. Um, which is what I really liked. And yeah, confidence is key, guys. Confidence Just is fake key. Fake it till you make fake it. Fake it till you make fake it. it. You make like it. even Prince KB was saying in all of these, like li- like recently he's been posting like reels and stories where he's talking. I think it was a reel where he was saying that he wished he learned earlier in life that in different rooms you have to wear different masks. Yeah. And he says that that doesn't mean that's who you are. It means in that space, if you need to fake a smile to just make sure that you get to talk to the right person, you do it. And if you're in another space where you just need to be quiet, not because you're a quiet person, but because you need to listen, the people maybe they are senior to you or that kind of thing, you do it. And he was saying like, if you do it, and not in a pretentious way, just genuinely you're doing it like, okay, in this space, I need to read the room, what people say read the room. Then you end up in a further place in life because... There is no space where people feel like, eh, what, what Ella is making noise here. Or you're doing something that's misplaced for the time and space that you're in. Yeah. And I think another thing that you said that I don't want to, to forget, guys, templates are a major key. Have a template of your CV, have a resume template, have a template yeah. for cover letters, have a template for introductions, have a template for everything. Then not every single time do you have to think about what you're going to say. You save time and, like Ella, you can meet the goal. If it's five people a day, if it's every week, how many people. When you have the templates, you can do it. When it's yeah. from scratch, you really, really struggle with it. It makes it easier and quicker. To, it doesn't seem like a chore, as yeah. much as a, uh, of a chore. If you already have it there, just copy-paste, add the person's name, dear Ruth, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ella. Yeah. It makes it so much easier. That's 100%. A good point. But disclaimer with that, guys, don't get lazy with it as well. I've seen people send cover letters to the, ro- to the wrong, the right company with the wrong, wrong name. name yeah. So if you are sending to Ella, don't just copy paste Dear Ruth and then you just send. Like, don't get very complacent with it. Make sure that you read it through before you send it. Yes. So, Ella, what is the worst and the best advice that you've ever gotten in your life? Gosh. Uh, that's a hard question. Um, <laughs> or what advice would you say wasn't so useful? Let's not say worst advice. So useful. Yeah, it wasn't so useful. Um, there's something, going back to that book. Yeah. And many people have said, you know, once you find your passion, you've yeah. got it. You're, mm-hmm. you're set for life. You know, mm-hmm. you you wouldn't have to work another day in your life. Mm. As much as, I believe some of that is true, but at the same time, I think finding your passion and turning it into like, a job yeah. is not as easy as what people make it seem. 100%. And this thing of like, yeah, all you have to do is just find your passion. Don't worry. Ella, you found your passion. You're good now. Yeah. I don't think so. Because mm-hmm. even though I'm in sports, I'm still on that journey to figuring out. Sports is so wide. I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out what exactly I enjoy doing on a daily basis. Yeah. Because um, working in a sports development company is very different from working in the company I work in right now. Yeah. So I think, not that it was the worst advice, but it was one where, oh yeah, Ella, you're good now, you're in sports, you found your passion, you're good to go. I don't yeah. think, generally, it really helped me. Okay. Um, The best. Or some, or some of the some really good the advice. Good. Yeah. Gosh. um, There's so much. Uh-huh. Um, Some of it is just, you have to be able to be adaptable. Okay. Um, every day you can work with new people, mm-hmm. different people, different mm-hmm. situations. Mm-hmm. Like what you're saying, um, yeah. by Pins KB, yeah. wearing that different mask, knowing when to wear it. I mm-hmm. think that's one of the best ones. Mm-hmm. Another one is also, 
I think actually one of the best ones is um just in whatever I do, I try and put my best hundred percent into it. Yeah. No matter how big or how small. Mm-hmm. And that's even like how I got my job right now. Mm. I, when I did my placement at Wasserman, um, my boss was at Wasserman. Okay. Um, my current boss, I mean, was mm. at Wasserman, mm-hmm. and I did a bit of work for him. At the time, I thought it was nothing. Yeah. I mean, I just made sure I did what he said to the best of my ability. Yes. It was researching. I had to research. I had to create a deck. I had yeah. to present. Yeah. I had to put logos. I did it to the best of my ability, mm-hmm. not knowing that it was that simple work I did for him that would help me land this job I have right now. It's true. So I think no matter how big or how small, some someone asks you to do something or your work is just do your best. Don't mm-hmm. be complacent. Don't be like, ah, it's just sticking logos onto a page, whatever. I'll yeah. just do it, whatever. Half-heartedly. Um, just, yeah, put it in 100%. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I like think, that. Yeah, I think that's... And now to close us out, what's your advice to anybody out of there? What advice would you say, like, Ella certified, I stand by this? Well, okay. Um... One of my motives, I even have a tattoo of it. It says, do it afraid. And mm. so many people ask me, what does that mean? I mm. hate explaining it. Sometimes, <laughs> so I'm now just, explain it. Yeah, yeah, and no, then listen, I'm <laughs> never explaining it. If you have to hear the explanation, you have to come listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And I won't tell you the minute. Just, <laughs> just know you have, to watch, you have to listen to the whole thing to <laughs> get there. But basically, this came from like a devotional that I read from um, a pastor. She's called Pastor Joyce. Mm. And basically, it was like, this is how I this is how I see it. You guys might see it very differently, and that's fine. Mm. Um, basically, doing it afraid. So, one thing I realize is we all have fear. We all have that feeling of fear, mm. whether it's like the small thing of yeah, reaching out to this person. Yeah, I don't really like talking to new people. Not that I don't like talking to new people. But, you know, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> but just that fear of oh, I have to talk to someone new. What mm-hmm. if they don't like me? What if I say the wrong thing? Mm-hmm. Um, or that fear of starting a new job, or yeah. starting a new internship, or starting a new school. Yeah. Or that fear of oh, do I want to study sports? Will my parents agree? Whatever. Yeah. That fear you have, mm. feel that fear and just do it. Okay. If you know that eventually the outcome of you doing it is going to be greater than you not doing it. Yeah. And it's going to be greater than that fear of regret, mm-hmm. then you just have to do it anyways. Yeah. So that's what I do. Whenever I'm afraid of something, whether it's speaking out or whether it's meeting a new person or whether it's going to work for the first day. Yeah. I feel that fear, I internalize it, I pray because I'm a Christian mm-hmm. and then I just do it anyways. Okay. And I just do it afraid. I like it. Because you'd rather do it afraid than not do it at all. That's, I like it. That's probably my piece of advice. I really, really like it. And yeah. just even to tie it into the book we're reading. Sorry, guys, we're heavily, oh heavily referencing it. Because at the time we're recording, we're reading it actively. Yeah. <laughs> but he was also saying that in life, and I think I can reference that do it afraid. Because in life, uh, he was saying, if you get complacent, though I was telling you before the pod, in a safe job, safe relationship, mm-hmm. like just thinking that this is a safe thing for me, this is the this is this is okay, this is okay, and you're so worried about the unexpected and the unpredictable, yeah. you'll never do anything. Yeah. You'll stay at the same job for ten years. You'll be in the same relationship, waking up five years later. You don't love the person. You hate them absolutely, but you're there. And he was basically saying what you're saying in other words: do it afraid, do it anyway, because when it's all said and done, as you said, if it's gr- for your greater good, the fear. It's just a human response, yeah. nature, nature. But when you actually get to the nitty-gritty of it, 
it might be difficult initially and you maybe you're afraid because you'll get hurt or maybe you're afraid because you'll feel pain or maybe you're afraid for whatever reason it is but as you said in your beautiful explanation once you get over it you're moving towards greater things exactly and with that from the same book hey we need a plug we need a plug um, he needs to uh, <laughs> <laughs> sports are one of my episodes anyway, no, literally. <laughs> the one thing he said is just like uncertainty leads to growth yeah there's no growth without uncertainty and that's mm. basically what Ruth just said the fact that you have to just look past that fear mm. or that uncertainty to get to where you want to be and that's yeah. growth or that's you know development or whatever yeah. that, that's like a better a better side a better yeah. whatever yeah i'm lost for words guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's like a better side from where you've been that's a better position from where you are yeah um so yeah that's what i would say uncertainty there's no growth without uncertainty yeah yes i like that so ella if you're feeling like it if you're open to it give guys your handles let them know where they can find you if you want your linkedin tony gave his linkedin shout out tony <laughs> you can give your linkedin wherever you're comfortable with people reaching out to you in case they have any questions about this episode let them know yeah sure so my linkedin is ella irari um and my instagram is underscore ella irari um, if you send me a message on either i'll reply if you need any advice on sports the industry what i do finding work um just hit me up and i'll be happy to reply guys yeah okay that's it guys you've heard it from ella herself you've heard about all things sports and i hope that if you're interested in this industry this episode has given you the encouragement you need to take the leap of faith to go and study sports or to get a career in sports and to take it head on guys thank you so much for listening and until next time stay focused stay happy and stay smiling i love you stay smiling <laughs> <laughs>